Welcome to the Mompreneur Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Moran. Just like you, I'm a mom entrepreneur on a mission to live a present and productive life, to be around for all the moments with my kids while also following my dreams and passions. Join me each week as I uncover a new tip or trick that will help you live your life just as you want and with as much ease as possible. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, my amazing mompreneurs. Welcome back to the Mompreneur Guide podcast. Today, I am excited because I have my friend Beth Nydick with me, and she is a former TV producer and New Jersey-based publicity strategist who helps entrepreneurs go from undiscovered to unforgettable. She has been featured in Oprah, Parade, Forbes, Inc., Nylon Magazine, Tory Burch, and Better Homes and Garden, and she has also appeared on The Dr. Oz Show, The Chew, and The Tonight Show. She lives in New Jersey with her two boys, two pit bulls, and hubby of 22 years, where she takes advantage of local fruit to make her favorite strawberry margaritas because, did I mention, she also has a clean cocktails cookbook. She is amazing. Beth and I met through two different networking events that just showed us that it was fate that we needed to connect more. We saw each other in two different places. We got to talk more and we just clicked as we swapped our mutual mompreneur stories. And I think we all view sharing our value with others as one of our main goals, but sometimes that goal gets lost in all of the behind the scenes doing and the shiny idea syndrome that we can often have. And so that's why I'm so excited that I could bring Beth on to talk through the strategy of expanding our reach in a simple way. So Beth, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. I can't wait to hear your expertise on getting real to get us press. But before we do that, can you start by sharing your mompreneur journey? I know we're all dying to hear how you got started in this space, how you landed all of those amazing appearances, and how to bring (laughs) us up to speed on where you are in your mompreneur journey today. Well, thank you so much, Megan. And I have to say that I'm a big universe person. So the fact that we were in two places and then we just talked and it was like, oh, we've been friends for 40 years. I'm so (laughs) grateful and blessed. I really feel it. But I want to take you back to 1983. All right, let's do it. You might not have been alive, but I just dated myself. In elementary school, I'm legit on the playground with my sticker book. And and when I'm even talking about this, I can see the hamburger sticker. I don't know if everybody else had the hamburger sticker, but I had all the pieces. But I was selling stickers because my parents are entrepreneurs. My parents own car washes. Growing up, my parents were always having new businesses and adding to their brand. You know, not that they had a brand in the 80s and 90s, but they did. So I really got the bug there. I was like, oh, I can't motivate people to want what I have by sharing my excitement and passion for it. Like, that's really what I got from being a kid. So I sold everything. What I learned from that and what I learned from growing up and being in this entrepreneur space was like, I could have an idea and execute it and other people will get on board with it. And that's really what took me into college and high school. I went to Ithaca College and I was lucky enough to be able to go to LA for a semester. I was at the comedy store. If anyone's been to the comedy store in LA, it smells like beer. It's gross. (laughs) And I was in there with a friend of mine and Jay Leno was on the stage. He just paid attention to me and my girlfriend. You know, we're probably 20 years younger than everybody else in my room. But Mm -hmm. he said to me in front of the room of people, what's your major? And my major at that time was corporate communications and TV. And he was like, what are you going to do with that? And I said, you're going to work for me one day. And he just laughed and like moved on. But after the show, he was like, no, seriously, what, like, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, can I go work for you? I had an internship in interview the next morning and I was his intern. I worked with him. I worked with the, the executive producer, but everything that I've ever encountered like that was me opening my mouth and asking for what I want and telling them who I was. 
Like my whole life's kind of been in that trajectory. I worked for MTV out of college and the way that I got that job, legit living in Hoboken, I'm sitting at the bar with a friend of mine. The guy behind me has a t-shirt on that says MTV Networks and he's talking to his friend. So I turned around and I was like, of course, you know, I'm cute and like 20 something. Do you work for MTV? You know, he thinks I'm hitting on him. I got an interview the next day and I worked for them for the next year. So for me, it's always been about like, seeing an opportunity and taking it. Because how many times have you seen an opportunity or you left a networking event and you're like, crap, I should have spoken to. So I talk to everybody, like anybody that's listening right now, you want to have a conversation? I'm always up for that conversation. I know that what I have in my brain can help you no matter what you're doing in business. And I know that you can offer me something because everybody can offer somebody else something. So fast forward to 2005, I have a one and three-year-old. And I don't really know what to do with myself. So like many women at that time, I created with my sister a pocketbook line. It was a washable diaper bag and I would just hustle. So for me, I learned so much from that, like opening my mouth and asking for what I want, but then being in front of people who were actual small business owners and saying, hey, here's my product. Do you want it? You know, what can I do to get you enrolled in the idea that these are the best diaper bags anywhere? You know, what are the pain points that the mommies are having? So when my kid finally went to elementary school, I was home for the first couple of years. I was like, okay, now what am I going to do? What is the one thing that I can do that I know how to? Easy for me to do. It's not going to cost a lot of money to start up and other people are be interested in it. I've always been able to cook. People have always liked my food. And I became a food blogger. You know, so I would go see what the kids were eating for lunch. I was like, okay, what's the pain point I can get through? Because I'm going to show you how to make dinner for your family isn't enough. How are you going to make healthy foods your kids will eat? That was my messaging. I did cooking classes in my house. And then I was like, how do I really get people to understand who I am and make some real money and not doing this one by one piecemeal? So I kind of skipped over, but I was a TV producer for a while. I always say BC before children. So it's not really a part of my <laughs> mompreneur journey, but I did do it. And I leaned into it. I started connecting back with my producer friends, a producer from Dr. Oz liked my postings. She just liked the vibe that I had. I became a Dr. Oz blogger and I got to be on Dr. Oz a whole bunch of times. And I really leaned into my professional BC before children piece of my life and really ramped up and got myself a lot of press by saying, Hey, I've had this book idea for about 10 years. How can I get this book idea into fruition? but I knew I couldn't do by myself. So I leveraged my experience and my contacts to get what I wanted to the next stage. The problem that I found at this point was that I wasn't so into food as much. So I'm also a nutritionist. I was counseling women on not drinking a bottle of wine in a chocolate bar at night. And I'd done it for 10 years and I just got tired of it. It's like, okay, what have I learned over the last 10 years of being an entrepreneur and really the last 20 years of being a media pro? I was like, oh, help people with the thing that I think is easy. I can do that. So I started helping my friends and colleagues and I never had that. It's not okay to give up what I had done because what I realized was I had established the Beth Nightic brand. Mm -hmm. The Beth Nightic brand was about being honest, being authentic, being yourself, drinking great cocktails and eating great food while having an impact on other people in a business. So I really leaned into the messaging because what I saw was people were getting PR they were getting on Dr. Oz they were getting all these great places but when you would go to their site or go to their social media there was nothing there for me to hold on to because I had that experience my first time on Dr. Oz I had paused my opt-in by mistake 
Oh yep. no. I know it still hurts. It was so many years ago. So when I went back to my website three days later, because I was on a high and I was talking to everybody and there was so much energy on social media about it. I realized that over that week, 12,000 people had come to my website and I had captured zero emails. Oh gosh. Right. So when I was like, okay, I'm going to do business now, but what's my why? What's the reason I'm doing this is because I don't want anyone to ever make the mistake that I made mm -hmm. and not have their business ready. And Megan, I have to tell you, I talk to women almost every week that are like, I have this opportunity. And I'm like, great, but what about your business? There's so many PR coaches out there and PR programs and all that stuff, but they don't ever talk about what's actually your message, how you connect it to what your passion is and how you make sure your business is ready with that message and your products. Because if one more person tells me they were on national TV and they don't have a website or an Instagram, <laughs> and I'm going to say, if everybody listening only hears this, mm -hmm. I want everybody when this is over to go to your Instagram and make sure your link freaking works. Mm -hmm. I, it makes me so mad. I did a case study a couple weeks ago. I had my assistant go to 75 Instagram accounts and just click on the link to see what happens. 30% were working. 30% were working? The link was working, but it took me to a link tree with 19 things. It mm -hmm. took me to a paid group page. Mm -hmm. I can go back and look for you guys, but very little actually went to a lead magnet. Oh my that, gosh. That, that took me to a funnel. Mm -hmm. And that's actually having your business set up. Like if you were on Good Morning America, like everybody wants to be, I'm so happy that's going to be in your link. But that should be for like the day it comes out, maybe the week it comes out. But then I want you switching it back because mm -hmm. if you're sending me to Good Morning America, then I'm forgetting about you because I'm going to go look and see what Robert Roberts is doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do today. I really help entrepreneurs, experts, thought leaders, brands, authors to make sure their business is set up by having that passionate messaging that really connects and makes sense, layered with all the business fundamentals. And then, yeah, the courage to go push send, ask a friend, DM Martha Stewart, whoever it is. And now, you know, I have two kids who are teenagers and they got the bug, they got the hustle bug. And I'm just really proud of them. And I tell lots of mommies, I'm like, well, the mm -hmm. stuff that you do now, I know it takes a long time, but it's about 10 to 12 years and you see all of it. Mm -hmm. That's where I am now. I'm seeing all of it. I love it. But your story is just so amazing because I have two pages full of notes already. Oh God, I talk so much. <laughs> with, with, no, with so many, just so many starred points. And so I just want to go through a few of them. Yeah. First and foremost, the fact that you started in elementary school selling stickers is amazing. And it's, it's part of the connection point that we had when we first met, mm -hmm. which was this conversation of we both grew up as children of entrepreneurs. And then right. we continued our conversation. Like you're saying now you're watching your boys are, your one is starting a podcast. Last we talked. And yeah, he is. He has a couple episodes in and, and guess what? He has a junior VP on his podcast. This week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you told me that, and we got deeper into that conversation of, I know, and you can attest to it too, being a child of a mompreneur and entrepreneurial parents, what a difference it made in our lives, the opportunities, oh, yeah. the things that it exposed us to that other kids didn't see when having corporate or stay at home or mm -hmm. everything is great. This is just our experience. And so we both wanted to give that to our kids. And 
I know that the opportunities I was afforded because I started my business in high school, my first business that I'm not doing anymore, but that allowed me to just easily get into so many places, especially when you're young. And so that's exactly how I want to raise my kids, figure out whatever you're passionate about and go after that. And so we connected there. And then to hear more of this backstory that I didn't know about you, like just the concept of you just took every opportunity that you were given. You said, you know, who I am, what I want to do, and then I'm going to just learn and do and listen. And you paired that all with that concept we talked about at the beginning, which was fate and knowing your value and other people's value too. I think those mm -hmm. are really important conversations. And as a minimalist authority building strategist, a lot of minimalism is about intentionality. Like everything right. has a purpose and brings joy and, and it serves in a certain way. And so I just love how synergistic we are there. <laughs> Something else that needs to be added to your bio that you don't have is serial entrepreneur because you listed even more things like food yeah. blogger. I had no idea that you did that. You were a nutritionist for 10 years. That is amazing. I love how you said you just weren't into it anymore. And so you continued to pivot. And the biggest thing we talk about typically in this section of the podcast is about the breadcrumbs. And that's exactly what you did. It was like you looked at BC or B, I guess it would be, yeah, BC before children before or kids, BK yeah. before kids. Yeah. <laughs> like looking back and connecting like, hmm, I was a producer for all of these years before kids. I also have been an entrepreneur and then in this space my whole life. How can I mesh the two, offer my value and do it in a way that's so easy for me and so valuable for others? And so I just really love this conversation about being authentic and leveraging what you have while saying what you want to get you where you want to be. I think it is just so impactful. And so I'm excited for us to be able to flip the script now and help my listeners do the same thing. I think one of the first things that you talked about, there's this two sides. There's your brand that you talked mm -hmm. about. And then there's also the business, getting that stuff behind the scenes, making sure that's working because it's, it's all fine and dandy if you go out on Dr. Oz. Yes. <laughs> if your link isn't so working, then it's not going to serve you. So can we first and foremost talk about the business side of things? What are the few things that you think are the most important when you go out and you're getting PR? What are those foundational pieces that you have found people need to have in place to really make an impact and make the work that they're doing actually do something. The first thing that comes up for me, honestly, is confidence. Like you need to be able to talk about what you do in a succinct and passionate way. I have a client currently who wrote this most beautiful, unbelievable book. She can't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're working on. We're working on her stories. And I want to caveat that with people get so caught up on, I need to have the right message. You really don't. Yes, you need to have a message, but the message is what you're passionate about and what you want to talk about. And that's it. So for me, the first thing is just having everything down and having everything work. But it's really making sure that message overall, all of your platforms says the same thing. Because I look at it this way. I look at it from a producer's eyes. You send me an Instagram DM that you would love to come on my CNBC show and talk about minimalistic business strategies. Great. If I go to your Instagram and you're talking about these complicated marketing strategies, I'm going to call BS and move on. Mm -hmm. But if mm -hmm. you don't, and I see you talking about it, and I see your client testimonials, and I see the things that you're doing, and the way that you write about it, in that little tiny bio, it actually matters because producers are actually looking at it. And then I'm going to go to maybe your Facebook. I need to see the same thing. And then depending on how old I am, I might even go to your website. Because honestly, that, that does matter, the age bracket of the producer and where they are and what they're comfortable with. 
but they are going to look at your website. So I want your website to look like everything else you're talking about. If you do nothing but have a place to capture emails and say the same thing in all the different places, you'll be surprised how easy your business will come to life and come to you because that's really what it's all about. All the technical stuff and the quiz and the, you don't need it. You need a landing page, an email capture, something somebody wants. Like that opt-in has to be really dialed in and not like your messaging has to be really dialed in. It actually has to tell me what the results will be and what the transformation. For example, I have a media spotlight magazine, but how do I talk about it? How to get your next media hit in five days, how to get on TV in the next 30 days, you know, five tips for why your business isn't getting media, whatever that pain point is, I'm leaning into that so that people can understand exactly what I'm talking about and how I'm talking about it. We make it much too complicated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love what you said here. And it it's a lot of that core work, the foundational right. work that you talked about, because to have confidence, to have the same message, that consistency everywhere. And so it matches to share the results and transformation. You really have to have that core stuff figured out. You can't go out and do all of these things without it being scattered and without it being confusing for others. It's not clear when you don't have the core work done. And so I love how you mentioned that of like, we've got to have the story, your passion. You need to be lit up by what you're doing. How many people are out there not even lit up by what they're saying. They might have something great, but they're right. they're not fueled by it. And so I always talk about when we can first figure out that guiding compass, the legacy, vision, mission, why, that core foundational work, we can then figure out exactly. what's our next goal, do our marketing, all of those things. But we have to simplify our business around an offer that lights us up first, that we love. Right. You need to start somewhere. For example, we go to these networking events on Zoom mm-hmm. and everyone goes around and does their elevator pitch, right? I help. Busy mom, can you tell I want to kill myself? Mm-hmm. Busy moms make dinner for their four-year-olds, like whatever it is. Or when I was 16 and diagnosed with IBS, I really had to figure out what foods work for me. So now today I help other moms figure out what foods work for their kids. You see mm-hmm. the difference? Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, right, and that's, and that's taking your message and creating a story media around it. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've done that. And I get comments, I get, oh my God. And I get DMs asking me to tell them how I did it. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, start with your story, right? But that figuring out how to communicate that why story and how to make that your media. Because I talk about there's your messaging and then there's your media messaging. They're not the same thing. Mm. And they can't be the same thing. Because if I'm making dinner for four-year-olds, no producer cares. And in media, it's about how their audience is going to care about what you say. That's all media cares about. So I want to take that stigma out of it also. Need to have this exciting thing. I need to have this. I need to have that. What you actually need to have is something that you say that makes an audience member feel something. To make it really simple, like I go on TV and I make these cocktails. So they're fresh fruits and vegetables. They're interesting, but it makes my audience feel like they can make something good for themselves and still enjoy it, right? Because making cocktails yourself could be is demonized. This way we're making it nice and fresh and fun. Or I, I talk about asking for what you want. You know, asking for what you want has nothing to do with media. But if you like what I say and I make you feel something, you're going to come back and look and see what I do and understand that I can help you figure out how to ask for what you want. And that want is media, which means for me, visibility and taking you again from undiscovered to unforgettable. 
I love that. Beth, you've got to dive into more on mm -hmm. messaging versus media messaging, because that's obviously your area of expertise. Yes. And so we all know that the first thing that we need to do, the business side of this PR is right. getting our tech in order, making sure our messaging matches and making sure that we have our business simplified around what we love. But then there's this other side, which is how do we then go take all of that greatness and go get visible and have people see it and transact with it? So can you define messaging versus media messaging? Because you touched on it a little bit there, but I'd right. love to, to have some clarity around that. Okay, so I'll give you an example. I have a client who's a jewelry designer. It's a glass jewelry designer. Mm -hmm. And her jewelry is for people who like handmade goods. You know, all her messaging is around fine art and this craft piece mm -hmm. of it, right? Because that's what's hot right now. Crafters in America, if you didn't know, they're pretty hot right now. So I'm talking to her about trying to find her media message What's going to make her interesting to a podcast audience, a magazine audience, or a TV audience? That's really where I live. Mm -hmm. She says to me, the glass that she uses was developed by NASA. And I was like, you use space glass? I can't tell you how many media outlets now want to learn about space glass. That's okay to tell in your marketing, but it's not going to get people to buy your stuff unless they're little kids interested in space. Mm -hmm. But it's going to get an audience to tune in, to listen more, to understand what you're about. So it's really taking your message and kind of pouring gasoline on it. Does that make more sense? Oh, it totally does. I think really okay. what I'm hearing you say is there's your messaging that is just your typical core message, your mission, there's all of that. And then your media message is really what's your hook or your attention grabbing title. Like when somebody mm -hmm. asks you, how would you title the podcast episode that you're about to be on? That would be right. your media messaging. It's what's that thing that's unique and different and grabs people's attention that makes them want to click or like thinking of a blog title. What's the thing that people right. are going to click or stop scrolling versus just keep moving past and onto the next thing. And, and the pairing and the feeling, I think, is that other part of it that you had mentioned. Yeah. It's that essential because you're actually just talking to a producer. You know, if we're just doing PR, it's great for all your regular message for your marketing and that kind of stuff. But for talking to a producer, depending on what show it is or platform or whatever, your producer could be a 25-year-old kid out of school. I know I just kid because I'm older. You know, you have to think about where they are, what they're doing. During the pandemic, most of my producer friends who are usually in their 30s were in their one-bedroom apartment or in their one-and-a-half-bedroom apartment with their roommate stuck. Do they really want to hear about X, right? Like, how, how do they want to be spoken to in that realm? So you have to think about that. If you want to be on this podcast, what do you know about Megan that's going to get her interested in what you're saying? What piece of what you talk about is going to get her interested enough to put you on this podcast? So it's mm -hmm. thinking about that hook, but I want you to connect it to the platform you're using because my message differs from what platform I'm going to be on. Like if I'm going to be on Good Morning America versus I'm going to be on a Hello, Iowa, which I was mm -hmm. on last week, mm -hmm. that message is going to be a little bit different for the media part of it. Mm -hmm. When you come to marketing, it's all about your audience. When you come to media, it's all about their audience. That's exactly what I was going to say. So really yep. it's like, what would you define as your hook or attention grabbing title that's unique, but you're speaking to two people at once. It's how do you talk yep. to the producer and meet them where they're at? Because you could be pitching 
let's call it the Today Show, and you're pitching a 25-year-old producer or you're pitching a 45-year-old producer. You're not going to talk to those people the same way, but then you have to take it a level deeper too because you're talking to them, but you're also really end goal talking for their audience. And so really it's kind of a tightrope, it seems to me, that you have Mm -hmm. to walk of how do I talk to you so you understand me and see the value personally, but then also you see the value for your audience. And that's really where your media messaging comes into play. Is that correct? It is, but there's a piece in there I want to educate your audience. Yes. So you get to a producer, the producer's like, I love it. It's awesome. That doesn't mean you're on mm-hmm. because that producer then has to go to their boss and sell you. So that's why understanding who they are and where, they're, where they are and how you speak to them, because they need to understand enough to go tell somebody else and sell it. And I'm going to paint you a picture of a nice size conference room. There's 50 people in it. And this 25-year-old kid who's been out of school for three years and maybe had three or four segments on the last three or four years is trying to keep their job, has to stand up in front of everybody and talk about you. Make their job easy. Make it really, really understandable. When Megan says, talk to a seven-year-old, she's not kidding. Mm -hmm. Like really make it really plain and understandable, but it has to communicate your heart. And if you do that, well, I can't say it's going to happen because there's a whole other piece of it. I sent 16 follow-up emails today. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) No, I love that because in my previous business, I did a lot of local TV and I had heard, I don't know where, but at some point I heard like you have to make it as easy as possible for the producers. They have 24 seven amount of content that they need to create. So if you can go to them and pitch them, you know, what is the title of this thing? What are the bullet points? All of the things. Then from there, they can, I love what you're saying of be able to stand up and and talk about it more. You have to make it compelling for them so that their job is done. And I sent out one pitch and all the local news stations took it. And so just, I can attest to that. And then the cultivating the relationship from there, once you know the person, the continued follow-up. And so I would love to know from you, Beth, we've got the business side under wraps now. We've figured out the PR, other basics that we need and knowing how to speak to them. So then how do we go from there to executing and finding the places and making those connections to do what we want to do and share our value with the world? So first, it's you have to have the confidence to ask for what you want and telling people what it is. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to my town's popular Facebook page and declared what I'm working on. And then I have 150 people telling me, yes, go, you're great. And in those comments are also people offering help. Mm -hmm. So this is one thing I'll tell you guys. Private clients, the first thing I ask them to do is go to their social media. I want it on their personal page, not their business. Their personal Mm -hmm. page, their alumni college page, their town's Facebook page. Do you or someone you know work in media? That's it. No explanation. The reason that I tell you that, and I'll give you the backstory of it. So we were in the conversations with a book agent, but he wasn't getting back to us. And I was like, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I knew in my gut this book was happening. Mm-hmm. I went on my town's Facebook page. Who knows a book agent? Eight strangers, and I mean strangers, put me in touch with their friends. And I had eight phone calls with other book agents because of those people. Wow. So when I, yeah, right? Like, so when I say go to your Facebook page, that is a community of people you are not tapping into. Those people want you to succeed. Those people who barely know you, because I don't know if your audience has learned this yet, Megan, but I think you have. Nobody you know is going to help you. Mm -hmm. They're just not. Your cousin doesn't care. Your sister doesn't understand, you know, whatever. The people in your inner circle, unless they're in this space, don't get it. Mm -hmm. You and I have been in this space for a long time. My parents still don't get it. 
they're not going <laughs> to listen to this. Like they just don't. But it's those second layer people, the people who like, I live in the town I, I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Those people that knew my mom from Mahjong 30 years ago, guess what? Their son is a producer at NBC and I'm talking to him now. Like mm-hmm. that's the stuff that I've seen happen. I've seen my cousin's girlfriend's brothers, like one of those things happen. Mm-hmm. But I've also seen my clients get into Forbes, Inc., TechCrunch, like crazy, crazy magazines because somebody in their town worked for them. Mm-hmm. And this is all over the country. It's actually all over the world. So don't, I don't want anyone saying, well, I'm in Iowa. There's something happened here. It does. Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone pick up your phone. Let's just do it. Yeah. Pick up your phone. <laughs> go to your Facebook right uh-huh. now. Who do you know that works in media? Mm-hmm. You could tag us, tag the both of us, yes. DM the both of us afterwards. Let us know what happens. Mm-hmm. But I miracles, miraculous things happen when you ask your community mm-hmm. while telling them what you're trying to do for yourself. Yeah, I love that. So I'd love to take that one step further and then we can Mm -hmm. move into your way to continue to support people here. But so you have the confidence to ask, do you or someone you know work in media? And so people respond back and say, yes. And so then what am I doing next? I have a pitch document. Like what is it when I go into that? What am I thinking is my next move? Uh, You're making a friend. That's all you're doing. Media PR is high school, Mm -hmm. but without the mean girls. I take that back. Sometimes it has mean girls in it too. (laughs) It's really making a friend. It's making a contact. You know, if I get in touch with a producer, hey, can I get 10 minutes of your time? And then be prepared. You have to be prepared what you're going to say. This is my goal. My goal is to be on, one of my goals is to be on Drew Barrymore in Good Morning America in 2022. Mm -hmm. That's my goal. He or she might not be able to help me do that, but Mm -hmm. they know that my goals are big goals. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm trying to do to get there. Personally, I'm doing local and regional TV all over the country to show those producers that I bring something to the table. Share with them what you're working on. You know, I'm developing a one-on-one program. I'm developing a small group program. I wrote a book, like whatever it is, tell them about it. Enrolling them in the idea of your success is what you want. Because then when you are having that conversation, they'll be like, you know what? I know Brooke at Hey House. You should go talk to her. Mm -hmm. By making friends. You know, it's also like, Hey, I'd really love to be on your air. What can we do to work together? It's having the guts to say that and having the confidence to be like, this is what I want. This is what I'm about. This is what I'm doing. How can I enroll you in all of this so that we can help each other? Because if that person gives me to somebody else, that's a help to that person too. Because again, if you hear nothing else, hear this. Media needs your content to keep their jobs. (laughs) Without you, they don't have a job. So I want to take that, like, you should be scared off of the table. So anyone that you meet, just make a friend with. I tell this to every up and coming person and every entrepreneur, everybody you meet goes into a database, Mm -hmm. everybody. And you can put in there to connect with them three to four times a year. So once a quarter, I want you going back through that list. And this means, hey, thinking about you, hope you're having a nice day. This doesn't mean a whole thing. This means... Remember those friends from sleepaway camp that you only talk to in the summer? Same kind of thing. Just checking in. Saw you got a new dog. Whatever it is. Because you keeping up with those people, the opportunities will come to fruition as long as you keep saying yes to those opportunities. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. I love the what can we do to work together? How can I support your audience? Bringing that conversation back and really just making a friend. Beth, this has been amazing. Can you tell everybody what is the next step that they can take to learn more about what you do and get themselves some PR now that they have some of the foundations in place? Oh, babe, thank you so much. So you can follow me on almost every social media platform at Beth Nidick. 
please either click the link in Instagram because it works <laughs> uh, or go to my website at bethmedic.com. Download the five ways to get your brand in the media. You'll get into my funnels and you'll get all the information there. I do have some programs coming up. I'm doing a five-week program called Get Media Now, which mm. will be coming beginning of May. But I always say to anyone who's listening to any podcast I'm ever on, my DMs are open. You have a question. You're like, hey, Beth, I'm interested in PR. I do a 15-minute call, not only because I love it. I truly do because <laughs> I love talking to people, but it also because I have that breadth of network. And so do you. You know, if I can't help you, I know somebody else that can, but I'm a real big believer in paying it forward. So I hope to talk to lots of you. I know how much Megan supports everybody. And I kind of feel like now we're in the family together and, mm -hmm. you know, family helps family. Yes, I love that. And all of her stuff will be linked in the show notes. So everybody can just click through really awesome. easily. Last but not least, let's get through some rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Yep. Awesome. All right. First and foremost, what is your favorite strategy to help you be more present and productive besides talking about your PR tips? Before I open my eyes every morning. I tell myself to be brave. Mm -hmm. And if today I can be brave till 1130 and then I crawl back under the covers and watch the Sex and the City show or whatever, yes. you know, whatever you're watching. Then at 1130, I get back into bed and I watch my Sex and the City show. I've never gotten back into bed. Mm -hmm. That close your eyes. I'm going to be brave today. That's all you need because everything that we're doing is scary because we're developing. Mm -hmm. Entrepreneurship actually is personal development. Mm -hmm. You know, all this other stuff that we're doing, we succeed by developing ourselves and our personalities and who we are. Telling yourself to be brave in the morning helps. It helps me and I hope it helps you. I love that. Absolutely love it. That is a gold nugget right there. <laughs> tell us what's the number one essential support you have that you can't live without? So I have a productivity coach. Mm -hmm. I can't live without her. I met her in a mastermind. Her name is Chelsea Westman. Tell her I sent you. Like completely, completely honest. I didn't have her... July and August of last year. And I made half the amount of money I made every other month. Wow. I need her. It's the organization that I don't have. I think I have some executive functioning stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> but um, having the right people in the right place, having that support. You know, everyone talks about having a VA. I like doing my own graphics. Mm -hmm. So for me, having somebody who's I can have the conversation with and she can write it all up for me and I can see it day by day, week by week. That's what really helps me. I love that. I've never heard of a productivity coach like that. I think that's so interesting. That's yeah, sounds amazing. like a game changer. Yeah. Awesome. Tell me what's your go-to self-care activity when you have some me time. Maybe you're having one of your cocktails or maybe you're watching <laughs> Sex in the City, but tell me what is a go-to self-care activity? Uh, laying in bed on the heating pad and watching TV. There's a lot going on in my house. I have two boys, two dogs. Like there's always people here. There's always a lot and I'm always cold. So it's legit watching TV. But my productivity coach, I promised her that I would start doing yoga twice a week. So, you know, when we do the Instagram live to go with this, I will report back if I'm actually doing yoga twice a week. <laughs> we will check in. I would love to hear where you're at with that. Yeah, I'm a total Stevie TV too. So that's like one of my favorite things to do is just yeah. watch TV and let my mind unwind. Awesome. Uh, last but not least, tell me your most stereotypical mompreneur story. Think like kids running through a Zoom call with underwear on their heads. What's something that only us mompreneurs can get, which I think we got a little bit of already with the Dr. Oz show here yeah, about the missing link. That's something where it really hits all of our hearts. Is there anything else funny that you could share that only us mompreneurs would get? I don't know. If it's funny, but it's funny to me. You know, we always talk about the little kid moms. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times my 19-year-old walks in here mm -hmm. and starts talking to me. <laughs> I could be at an interview with clients, all that stuff. And I look at him 
Like, are you kidding me? Like, do you not see that I'm busy? And his response is always, well, this is, this is like about my life. Like, it's so important to him. And then once your child says that to you, I have to be like, excuse me for one second. And I'm like, hello? Yes, tell me, tell me. So um, I guess that's that, you know, it never ends. They're running through naked or they just need to tell you their newest life idea. Mm -hmm. It's just the life of a momtrainer. I I love it. I love how they just hit your heart like that. Like if I pull out my phone for two seconds, Jack will look at me straight in the eyes and say, Mama, no, please put your phone away. It's like, all right, well, I mean, I can't keep it out now. No, younger, old, it continues to happen. I love that insight. Beth, this conversation has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise. I cannot wait for everybody to get to listen to this. Make sure you head to the show notes so that you can see everything that Beth has to offer. And I can't wait for us to continue to collaborate more. Me too. Thank you so much, Megan. And everyone have a great day. But remember, ask for what you want and let's make it happen together. I love it. And be brave. Those were some great takeaways. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Loved it? I'd so appreciate your review. Ready to become an authority in your space? To build a community around your brand on your terms? This is your sign to get it done. Head to themompreneurguide.com authority and we'll take care of you with our new free audio training. See you next time.